it makes me feel like Geelong are a little not their best. I don't know. They're a little bit, Because <laughs> eh. in my head, Collingwood's still full of magic lalas. Hey Siri, play the Besties podcast. Now playing episode 5 of the Besties on Spotify. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Besties. You're here with Tori and Jasmina once again. Um, it has been round one. This is your review, our preview for round two. What happened? What, like, what happened on Thursday night? I don't even know how to how to start. Um, I'm, like, I actually lost don't, yeah, I don't know how to feel. Like, I, I don't know whether I should be, like, okay, take the two points and move on or whether I should be disappointed like a loss. Like, I, I don't know how to feel. It's, it's a little bit of... You're going to feel both because we didn't mm. win at the end of the day. So when it happened and that siren went, I kind of just was like, what What are we meant to do now? I don't know. I don't know how to feel. There's no song. Everyone's very flat. The atmosphere changes. And then everyone just wants to get home because there's nothing to sit and watch. There's nothing to really Celebrate. be excited about or be yeah. really upset about. Like you're just, you're this flat moodless what just actually happened and then like you can't like I feel like I couldn't even explain a feeling until I watched it back either because obviously we were at the game a draw for round one can we just take a minute first game of the round and there's a draw what look I mean I said it I blame myself a little bit and like low-key I said we were going to lose, but we were going to win. Like my heart was saying we're going to win, but my head was saying we're going to lose. So maybe I manifested the draw. Maybe it is my fault. You know what? I've seen people blame individual players. I've seen people blame the everybody. I've seen blames coming left, right, and centre. But let's just stick it on Jasmina and make ourselves all feel a little bit better. I think that's yeah. a great idea. I'll it's Jazz's it. fault. Good. I'm glad. So that's fine. Yeah, that's what's happened. Tori and I were together from Thursday through to Saturday. We went to our first game of footy together on Thursday night, which interesting track record now. Hope the Giants game doesn't turn out to be the same because that's the next one we go to together. I'm a bit scared now. Imagine if every game we go to is a draw. Tori and Jasmina just can't go to games together because they turn out to be draws. I'm not going to sit here and try and analyse every reason that we lost the game because in the end of it, I actually think we should have lost the game for how the rest of it went. The amount of inside, if the amount of inside 50s that Richmond had and pure, like, them kicking badly won our defence holding up against it too. There was just no, like, method to their madness of what was happening. They were just doing the same thing and it obviously wasn't working, so why didn't it change? I think that's, like, my main takeaway from the game. Camilla said one one thing um, that really stuck with me. I noticed that we kept going to the wing and the same wing over and over and over again when we were exiting our defensive 50. And 
They say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I don't understand why not once did we sit there and, you know, go down the corridor, lower our eyes. Everything was a long bomb to the wing. Like every single exit out of defensive 50 was a long bomb to the wing. How are we going to win games trying to transition in that manner? You're not going to. I think that's a problem. But in saying that as well, you got to look at the good things. I mean, I look at I look at our back six. Our back six were next to perfect. I would say almost perfect considering the amount of pressure and the amount of momentum that they were able to absorb. I think they were phenomenal. They did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there was Richmond doing Richmond things, transitioning the ball that we couldn't keep up with in some points of the game. At the end of the day, I think both teams didn't play very well. I think there was a lot of things that happened badly. Mm. But I don't want to be a negative Nancy and I feel like when it is a draw, we leave with two points. There had to be some positives in the game. Lewis Young is going to have an All-Australian blazer on this year and you cannot tell me otherwise. Luigi is quite literally giving Weedering a run for his money in terms of best defender that we have. And that's a massive statement and I know I'm going to upset a lot of people with that. It's giving... Charlie and Harry in the back line. We've gotten two amazing defenders, two amazing forwards. One's probably a little better than the other in some aspects of their game, but it's not a bad problem to have at all. No, I I love it. I literally love it. And then you got to think Caleb is still to return. Where does he fit? Does he fit? is the question. I mean, if you are asking me, I'm extremely biased, yes, but if you are asking me, out of McGovern and Marchbank, based on the games that they've both recently played, so me analysing McGovern's round one and analysing Marchbank's round 23, I think Marchbank wins that position. He did far more defensive work, took far more intercept marks, and I'm really sorry, but Caleb Marchbank would never drop a mark on his own. When he's on his own, he would never, ever do that. But I can say that about 90% of the players that dropped a mark on the weekend, on Thursday, I would have never thought Blake Akers would drop a ball in uh, that, that ball. We all know the one I'm talking about. So you can you can say Marchbank would never at the end of the day, both teams played shit. Wasn't our best performance. On to the next because I'm not going to sit here and judge a year's worth of footy off round one. I don't know why the supporters are in some meltdown mode. It's honestly not that bad. I can understand the frustration and I get it because I'm frustrated too. Like a top four side closes out a game. A top four side wins that game. Well, let's let's continue this conversation, but it is time to bring in controversial Camilla. I have a feeling he's going to have a bit to say on the topic as well. So it's time for controversial camp. All right. So 
I've got a few things that I would love to say, but I'll focus on one uh, for now. Uh, and that is, I think, Jack Silvani needs a spell in the reserves. Watching this game, obviously, it was a very emotional game. Jack Silvani playing game number 100. And as we heard, Stephen Silvani sat in the car at the end of the game. Well, Jack might as well. as well. He did kick a goal, yes. But other than that, his contribution was absolute donuts. And if we think back to probably the last four to five weeks of last year, he was the same. And I, look, I do love Sauce, but I don't think he's contributed enough. And I don't think he's shown enough in the preseason or in round one to warrant to continually bang our head against this brick wall. I would like to see someone like Brody Kemp get a go. Brody is a good size. He's fast. He's got attributes. He could play that third forward role and Jack is, what, 25? Kemp is 22. There's a bit more upside there. I think Brody Kemp could potentially be, you know, an answer to that uh, that third forward role. We said Camilla be controversial and he came out with a bang. What has just happened? It's, I partially it's, agree. It's look, I don't get me wrong, when I think about us as a premiership side, I would love nothing more than to see Jack Silvani up on that podium grabbing a premiership yeah. medal. But I just don't think his contribution is enough right now. He may have suffered because of last year having to play in the ruck, and there's nothing does my head in more than still seeing him try and play that role because he's not a ruckman and when he goes in there, I don't think that we get enough out of him. And I think I think our midfield suffered from on Thursday night. Look, Tom DeConning, I'll get to him now. I think he actually played a half-decent game. I agree. I think the commentary coming from the club, and I think you look, you think back to Pitto's uh, summer sessions he did, how the midfielders told him how happy they were that he was back. I don't know whether mentally our midfield group was a bit down because it was Tom in the ruck, um, and they didn't have an, as much faith because... They just we looked really off in the midfield, so I don't know whether we need to get Pitto back in there um, pretty quickly because I just think it's shown early stages last year we're a much better midfield with him in there because our midfield was second rate Thursday. It was honestly it was it was hard to watch. And I'll go to point two, the guy that probably just escaped um, copying a scathing from me, uh, Zach Fisher. Now you've got all the cool tattoos. Um, you look the part, it's now time to start playing the part. Um, he had, I think, seven disposals this week. Pre-season against Sydney, he had 12. Um, I don't think that's Zach Fisher's maximum output. We've seen games last year where, you know, he had those 15 to 19 disposal games, can kick a couple of goals now. I don't expect yeah. him to do goals every week, but... I think he needs to get the ball more. I don't know whether he his lack of touching the ball has been a symptom of the fact the last two weeks we've been pretty poor. Um, so whether that's made it hard for, for guys like him and, and Owies and, um, and Mots, because they're all pretty well down. So they need to improve big time. I feel like the just the way that the game was played overall by both sides, Carlson and Richmond, I think... We couldn't get the most out of Zach. I just, no. I just feel like he he couldn't do what he needs to do in a, in those situations. He needs a more open, like a more open playing field. He needs more space. There was no space, Cam. 
Yeah, you're you are yeah, you're right. I think he probably thrives off maybe some faster transition. Um yep. and we were very slow moving it out of the back half. So He uh, he loves the corridor, he loves the overlap run, he loves all that. Where was that? We didn't have that. Hmm. I don't yeah. like I understand what you're saying. He should he definitely should have done more, but there's like five or six blokes that went missing. Exactly like that. They had a great first quarter. And we're getting all excited. And then it's like, were they even playing in the fourth, third, second? Hello? Yeah. I think uh, it's just so hard. You know, these guys need to start being held accountable. And the, the unfortunate thing is we don't have a heap that's sitting there waiting to take their position. I feel like they get a little bit comfortable. Like Fish, I just think, and this could open up a whole can of worms. A lot of these guys have been getting games since they were drafted purely because that was the mantra of the club. Yeah. And I just think that they play pretty safe football on a weekly basis. And there needs to be some accountability. Like, obviously, there's a lot of improvement. It is round one. Um, you know, we've got to move on pretty quick. I'm pretty confident we're actually going to beat Geelong this week. I think the boys will bounce back. Um, look, it wasn't a great game, but uh, it's round one. On to the next one. In honour of Carlson playing Geelong week... We thought it would be good to get none other than Riley on the show. So let's let's have a chat. Let's have a chat with Riley. Hello, Riley. Welcome to the Besties. Thanks for having me, guys. So we've gotten you on today to talk a bit about the Carlton Geelong game that is coming up, and we know you're probably one of the biggest fans of both teams, to be honest. I don't know about both yeah. teams. Definitely Geelong. <laughs> We know you have a soft spot for the Blues. We'll start this off pretty simple. We want you just to recap. How did you see the Pies-Geelong game from Friday? Are you concerned with them losing? Is there anything that you're not happy with? Just tell us all your thoughts. I'm not concerned with the game. Obviously, Collingwood played really well for the full four quarters. So I thought Geelong started really well. Um, Zach Tui kicked the first two goals of the game. We're moving the ball really well, setting up really well from the back line. And then obviously Tom Stewart went down with a knee injury and sort of the back line just looked pretty shaky from there. So we had Blitzarves had to move out of the midfield into the back line. Isaac Smith was playing half back. Um, and it sort of just threw out our structure a bit. But they still played really well for the first three quarters. And then um, throughout the game, I think De Koning hurt his knee. Stengel might have hurt his ankle, I think. Um, and we sort of just ran out of legs in the last quarter. And Collingwood played really well as well. I think they were just really motivated after losing sort of the prelim. They were pumped up. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned about losing. Um, I just think they played really well, and Geelong sort of still got some good players to come back. Do you have any concerns around the back line trying to hold the Twin Towers I do. I think that's going to be that's going to be Carlton's sort of way. If Carlton are going to win the game, that's sort of where it'll come from. I think, obviously, Harry and Charlie are super talented forwards. They're probably two of the top five key forwards in the game. Um, and Tom Stewart's our best defender. Uh, he's not a key defender, but mm. sort of normally our key defenders will hold those two down, and then he'll come across an intercept. And at the moment, Jake Kolejasny and Jack Henry, who are two of our starting three key defenders, are out injured. So. Mm-hmm. It sort of leaves a big hole back there now with Stewart out as well. Asava Radigalia played really well last week. I thought he was our best player. But I agree. It's a big, big, big job for him to take on Harry Mackay. 
um, or Charlie Kerno in a well, must-win game, basically. They're both quite agile, like as in Radaglia and Harry. So I feel like it would be an interesting matchup. It's going to take a full team effort. I don't think any one player from Geelong's back line is good enough to just completely shut them out. They're going to have to sort of play a bit of a zone defense. And, yeah, they might have to swing Mark Blitzarves back into the back line. And the thing with that as well is I think Mark Blitzarves normally would line up on Paddy Cripps in the midfield. So if he can go back, that sort of opens up the midfield for Carlton. And that's sort of their way, I think, of winning the game if either Cripps or one of those two big forwards can get off the chain. What would Carlton need to do to beat the Cats? Obviously, you just mentioned opening up that midfield. Did Geelong have any weak other weak areas where Carlton can expose them in that sense? Carlton last week, they kind of played pretty slow. I think that was by design because Richmond sort of feast on that fastball movement and getting yep. out the back really quickly. But Geelong, I think Carlton will beat them if they can move the ball really quickly because Geelong sort of, they set up behind the ball really well. So if a team tries to go slowly and pick apart their defense, they're not going to be able to sort of find a target inside 50 because that's when those guys like Blitzarves and Zach Guthrie, whoever else is playing behind the ball, they can come across and intercept. It's going to be really hard for Geelong to cut off those leads from the big forwards. I think Carlton will be able to score very quickly if they can sort of do that because that's what Collingwood did in the last quarter. They moved yep. the ball really quickly and that's how they beat us. Honestly, I, I mean, I was at, or both of us were at the Geelong Collingwood game and you guys just, you couldn't keep up. I don't think it's that you guys are too slow. I think that it's genuinely, you run out of legs. You had no one else left. All, like you were losing blokes and the ones that did come back on like SDK, he didn't even look a hundred percent. So you were down as well. Um, Just to like, obviously get us ready for the game from both teams. Is there Riley, you can go first. Any big ins and outs you think will need to happen? Who do you think replaces your injured players? going into the game? Well, for Geelong, it's pretty straightforward. Stewart's obviously out with a knee injury. Um, and then Chris Scott said that Jack Bowes will be coming in. So that's one change. I don't think there'll be any other changes. There's not really any other players that are in our best 22 that are ready to return yet. Um, I know Mitch Duncan's still a fair way away and College Asney's still not back from his concussion. So maybe if they wanted to drop someone, Brandon Parfitt, struggled to have an impact when he came on mm-hmm. as a sub, so they might change the sub. But I don't see them making any other changes other than Stewart out and Bose in. Any input on the Carlton ones? Because Cam had some interesting takes on who he thinks should be dropped in the likes of Jack Silvani um, giving him a run in the twos and some other controversial topics. So do you have any input on that? Well, I think that... I think Camp's agreeing with this as well, but Mark Pittenett seems to be Carlton's best ruckman. I feel like when he played last year, the midfield looked a lot stronger. I really like Tom DeConing, but I'm not sure if he's ready to be a number one ruckman yet. And I feel like as well with Geelong's injuries, if he went forward and then Pittenett was in the ruck, that could really stretch our back line, that little extra bit of height. And obviously Lockie O'Brien was pretty solid when he came on, so he'll probably replace... Ollie Hollands. I'm not sure that like clubs never like to give a player a debut and then drop them straight away, but he sort of looked a bit out of his depth in the second half. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. 
that worries me. I, I personally, I understand everyone's concern around Holland's. Like, he just doesn't look like he's up to it yet. But in saying that, he was also playing in front of 88,000 people and he's never done that before. So I think that maybe they debuted him on the wrong game. But I feel like consistency will, is going to be most important for him and Lockie Cowan because he wasn't horrible. He just didn't make a good, like a big enough impact. Yeah, but not half of our players didn't make a big enough impact. Exactly. I think that's a big difference as well between Geelong and Carlton. I saw a tweet about it today. The difference between Carlton's bottom players and Geelong's bottom players is quite significant. So obviously Carlton's yeah. got Cripps, Kerno, McKay, Weedering. They, they get a game in any club, like four of the best players in the competition, Sam Doherty. But then you look at their bottom players, like guys like Jack Martin, Jesse Motlop, Matt Owies, um, Ollie Hollins, Lockie Cowan. None of those guys are getting anywhere near a game at Geelong. So I feel like for Carlton to be competitive this year and if they're going to push for that top four, top eight spot, they're really going to need those bottom guys to lift. And I think that's what happened with Geelong last year as well. Guys like Zach Guthrie, Brad Close, Grind Myers, they weren't in the best 22, but they had really good years. So it's not to say that the blokes can't do it, but they need to sort of start improving if Carlton are going to improve. So with that, we'll go into our tips for um, this game coming up. Geelong, Carlton, who wins and what's your margin? I have said from the very beginning that we will beat Geelong. I've had this feeling in my gut. I think we're winning by 19. I wasn't 100% right last week, but I was close enough. I feel like anyone listening should probably take my predictions with a grain of salt. Um, I think Geelong will win, obviously, but I don't think it'll be by much. I think Geelong might win by, I don't know, let's say 13 points, but I would not be surprised at all if Carlton won. And I wouldn't be concerned either if Carlton won because I do think they're a very good side. Yeah, I'm going to say Carlton. I'm going to say 11 points. Ooh. Any final comments? I think if Harry and Charlie can kick five goals between them, Carlton will win. And I think if Geelong five can kick them less them. than that, yeah, Carlton are going to need their two big guns to have a big game. Well, Harry, Harry Mackay is kicking seven. Ah, okay. On his I own. didn't know that. I haven't seen the game yet. So. Shut you up. know Jasmine is from the future. Yeah. yeah. I'm from the future. I thought she was from Greece. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks so much for coming on, Riley. It's been a blast. I guess we'll chat to you after the game. I don't know. It depends if I run into any wandering besties. You will. Oh, well, you'll hear about besties. it later in the episode. Are you guys going to be wandering outside the MCC? Yeah, uh, gate three. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to do the tips for the rest of the round. Um, first up, we have Brisbane, Melbourne in Brisbane. Brisbane. I'm also going to say Brisbane. I think they're going to bounce back. Next up, uh, Collingwood, Port Adelaide, MCG. Port Adelaide, they look f-ing good. I'm going to say Port again too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll say Port. All right. Uh, Adelaide, Richmond, Adelaide Oval. Ooh. If, if Richmond plays how they do. Oh, but Adelaide's really bad. Oh, draw. I'm going to say Richmond. Um, Western Bulldogs, St Kilda at Marvel. Oh, I'm going to go the Saints. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, Saints. Fremantle, North Melbourne, Optus Stadium. <laughs> Fremantle. I want to say North. 
I know you want to say them. North, but I'm I thinking at home. Them. Think at home. Think at home. Yeah, and they just lost to St Kilda, so they want to yeah. bounce back. Um, yeah, let's yeah. go Fremantle. Uh, Swans, Hawthorne, SCG. Swans, oh, Swans. Easy. Essendon, Gold Coast at Marvel. I'm gonna go Gold Coast. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go Essendon. Before you told me you would never tip Essendon, and you're doing it. I can tip who I want. I'm trying to be realistic. I want to win. I don't care. I'd rather get the tip wrong, or if Gold Coast lose, then at least I get my tip right. If I have to suffer, at least I suffer with the right tip. Um, and last but not least, West Coast versus the Giants at Optus Stadium. GWS. Yes, yeah, same. Giants. All right, well, that was nice and easy. On Thursday that's just passed, round one, we spent some time at the front of the MCG. If you haven't seen the videos yet, go to either our TikTok or our Instagram at the Carlton Besties and you can give it a watch. We had some supporters mooing around the stadium. We had some interesting takes on the game afterwards and we're going to be doing it again. I won't personally be there, but Jazz will tell you a little bit about what will be happening before the Geelong game. So myself, Hannah, Jess and Kirsten will be wandering around pre-game and also post-game. Usually we're around in between gates five and three, but predominantly gate three. So if you want to come and say your piece before the game or after the game, just look out for us. You'll see us. We've got tiny little pink microphones and a huge cord coming from an iPhone. You can't miss us. And what time will you be there? We'll be there from six. Perfect. Well, easy peasy. We've had a few guests on. We've had our first controversial Camilla. If you're watching this, it is either Wednesday night, Thursday morning, or after the game has even been on. We will know the teams by the time this is out for Thursday night's game. The game might have already happened by the time you decide to sit down and watch it. I'm not sure. Um, But that is all. We hope the Blues get a win. It's going to be tough, but I think we can do it. Go the f***ing baggers. Let's go.